Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. All right, if we would uh, turn in our Bibles to Matthew, I'm sorry, not Matthew. Genesis chapter 25, Genesis chapter 5, we will, chapter 25, we will be uh, starting in verse 27. You know, not everything turns out exactly the way uh, we hoped that they would. This, um, uh, we just saw that with the responsive reading. But yesterday I was out uh, mowing our lawn and uh, I went over, I guess, uh, a yellow jacket nest or something. So I got stung four times uh, in my ear, both ankles, and under my arm. So... Uh, but um, I'm okay. Uh, I'm not allergic. So, um, uh, but anyway, things things happen every day that we don't intend, but um, that's but they they just kind of pop up there. So, um, it's been a been a, uh, a week. I started school this week. Um, so, uh, man. I am <laughs> uh, not starting out the way I want to. Anyway, um, Genesis chapter 25. Um, we had been seeing in Genesis, if you were here in the past, whenever we had been in Genesis uh, before, and last week I tried to do a little bit of a review. Uh, in, in Genesis we see this, this promised seed of the woman that is promised to Eve and Adam who will come one day and will crush the serpent's head. And um, we see this played out throughout the Bible. Uh, we, you know, my, my uh, family and I, we, we uh, do a Bible reading every night and we do New Testament passages um, during uh, the week, and on Saturdays, we've been going through uh, Samuel, and we were in Second Samuel, and yesterday, just something that reminded me of this theme, um, David goes out to, to defeat the sons of Ammon, and um, what, what, what I thought was interesting was that the father of the, the current king, whenever he, he died, uh, actually, his father was Nahash. Now, that is actually the word for snake. Uh, this king of the Ammonites, his name was Snake. And he, uh, David goes out to, to defeat the sons of Ammon, um, which were these, the, the, these descended from the same, the snake. So we see this not just in the book of Genesis, we see this throughout the whole Bible. Uh, I think when, when the author of 2 Samuel puts, this story, puts that story together, I think for the Hebrew reader, uh, which his original audience was, he should see, okay, David's going out and he's defeating the seed of the serpent. <laughs> and we see this all throughout the Bible, but we see it here in Genesis. Uh, the, the line is traced for the seed of the woman. It goes down through Noah. It goes down through Abraham. Uh, Isaac is the son of promise. And last week we saw the birth of, of Esau and Jacob. And um, with their birth, before they were even born, 
God said to Rebekah, two nations are within your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. One shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. And here, I think this what we have is a reference to the seed of the woman. It's the promised one. It's Jacob who will be this one who carries this line, even though his brother was the firstborn. Let's go ahead and read what happens next after what we covered last week. Verse 27, When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man, dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore his name was called Edom. Jacob said, Sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is my birth, a birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, we pray that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear, and hearts to understand and obey. As the author of Hebrews says, uh, may this word um, help us to keep from being like Esau. Father, we, uh, we love you. And uh, Lord, we, we pray that you would uh, just be with me. Give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in the last passage, they were just born. They were just infants. But we see they have grown now, and we see what kind of men they turn into. It says that the, uh, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. And there's a contrast between them. Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. Now, Abraham was a man who dwelled in tents. Isaac also dwelled in tents. He was a shepherd who went around with his flock. Esau, though, was a hunter. Um, nothing wrong with hunting. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't uh, been successful at it myself. Uh, I've tried just squirrels, and um, uh, so far um, I have not been successful. Um, but I think what the, what the author is presenting to us is uh, that Jacob is the civilized one. He's a quiet man. He's, he's, he's civilized. And he, um, he's one who uh, dwells in tents. He's just like he's following after the same pattern as his father and his father before him. Uh, Jacob uh, seems to be the one who has some level of self-control. And Esau is 
He is run by his passions. Then, uh, verse 28, Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. We have favoritism going on here. That's not good. It's not good uh, in our own families when it happens. Uh, um, I, you know, and, and I'm... You know, I've got three kids of my own. I can't say that any one of them is my favorite. I love them all different uh, because they're all different. Each one of them has uh, uh, got their own unique talents and everything. Um, but I don't have a favorite. I love them all. Uh, but um, Isaac was falling into that problem of uh, favoritism. He favored uh, Esau. And why did he favor Esau? Because of his, he ate of his game. He loved to eat the the the, the meat that was brought to him. He he was he was uh, a favorite because uh, because Isaac was able to feed his own passions, his own appetites, and so maybe Esau uh, was taking after that side. Rebecca, however, loved Jacob. We see this play itself more play out itself more in chapter 27 when we get to the blessing. It doesn't really play itself out as much here in chapter 25. Once, so when they grown up, and we get this one story about their lives as adults. Once, when Jacob was cooking stew, one question that might pop up is, why was Jacob cooking the stew? Didn't they have servants? I mean, Abraham, he had lots and lots and lots of, of servants and things, and he gave everything he had to Isaac. There would have probably been somebody else to do the cooking. And yet Jacob was the one who was there cooking this stew. I think it shows us maybe this was premeditated. He had a plan for what he was going to do with his brother. Jacob was cooking stew, and Esau came in from the field. He was exhausted. Esau was out hunting. He hadn't been. Uh, he hadn't had food for some time. He was exhausted. He was hungry, and he his stomach was all he could think about. He needed something to eat. So Esau said to Jacob, "Let me have some of that red stew." For I'm exhausted. Sees that stew that. Jacob is cooked, and maybe you can think of whenever you walk into a house where somebody's cooking something really good, and you smell it, and you're like, Ooh, I can't wait till dinner time, right? But Jacob here, well, Esau here, he 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 says, "Let me have some of that red stew." Now, um, the word here. Well, let me let me go on a little bit further first. Therefore, he, he, his name was called Edom. Now, Edom is built off of the same word for Adam. Uh, the same consonants are there. They just changed the vowels uh, in, uh, in Edom. And Adam, of course, uh, it can mean dirt, ground, and it's also the word for red. Um, so, um, whenever he says... Let me have some of that red stew. The, the words that are there are actually some of that edam edam, or red red. He, he wants some of that red red. That's some of that red stuff. That's what he wants. 
to eat. He he sees it, it's red, he smells it, and he wants some. And Jacob responds. It's only your birthright now. The the literal um, the words that are there in the Hebrew is actually sell me sell me your firstborn. Now, um, contextually, because we know the rest of the story and how things all work out, he's not actually asking for his firstborn son. He's asking for the status of firstbornness. He's saying, let me have what belongs to the firstborn. Now, in that society, uh, the firstborn received a double portion. Uh, what, whatever a father would be giving to his sons to his, as an inheritance would be divided by the number of sons he had plus one. And then a double portion would be given to, um, to the firstborn. Well, in this case, there were only two kids, so it would be divided into thirds, and uh, Esau would have been able to receive twice as much as what his brother did. On top of that, um, we don't know necessarily, maybe, what he, what Jacob was getting Esau to give him was not just the extra portion, but everything that he was going to get as a firstborn. That could have meant that Esau would be out his entire uh, inheritance. It's one or the other. Either he's going to be out his entire inheritance, or Jacob would be the one that would receive like a firstborn and get um, get the uh, double portion. And Esau. This is a valuable thing. And in the context of Genesis, it's even bigger. Because uh, we know we're following this line now. We're following this line down of the seed of the woman, following down from Adam to uh, Seth to Noah to Abraham to Isaac. And we've already been told in the narrative that the older will serve the younger. So God has already said that the younger one, he's going to be the one who receives the blessing, who, who the line of the seed of the woman is going to go through. But uh, Esau, he doesn't value this as he ought to. He said, I'm about to die of what use is a birthright to me. Now, I read one commentary that said, well, maybe he was really about to die. You know, maybe he was. And if that's true, if he was really about to die, if he was really at that point... Uh, then, then uh, maybe, maybe he was right that, that, that a birthright wouldn't be of any use to him if he was going to die. But at the same time, how is he going to be able to walk in there to the camp to where the, the uh, uh, soup is being made if he's at that kind of point? I, I don't think that Esau was about to die literally. He was just—he was so uh, desirous. He was so hungry and famished and everything, that he didn't care about anything else but feeding his own appetite. He wanted to feed his own appetite, and nothing else was important to him in that moment. He needed what it was going to take to satisfy his appetite. And so he didn't care about 
this valuable, valuable thing that was his, his birthright. So Jacob said, swear to me now. And Esau, without a second thought, swears to him. He sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup. All of the inheritance that he would have. The fact that this is the family God is working through. This maybe it would be a chance for him to be the one through whom the Messiah would come. But he sold it all. He sold it all for a bowl of soup. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew. And he ate and drank and rose and went his way. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you, what, I, what Esau did. He ate and drank and rose and went his way. In Exodus chapter 32, um, when people rebelled against Moses and they built this golden calf. It's described in the language they ate and drank and rose up to play. Um, the original audience of this, Moses wrote this, were the Israelites who had been there. And so maybe whenever he writes these words down in that order, he ate and drank and rose and went his way he may be signaling his original audience he's acting just like you did, Israel. Thus, Israel despised his birthright. The author here, Moses, comments here at the very end, telling us the interpretation. See, what, the, what, what this comment here at the end, the, thus Esau despised his birthright, it's not pointing out the trickery that Jacob used. It's not pointing out the fact that he was, he was a cheat or anything like that. No. What he's pointing out here is Esau not valuing his birthright so much that he sold it for bowl of soup. I want to go to Hebrews, which was our scripture reading. Hebrews chapter 12. What it says here about Esau... I'll go ahead and start where we started, where we've already heard twice. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Esau was weak. He was, he, he was weak. He was out of... He had worn himself out out in the field hunting. And here, the author of, the Hebrews, of Hebrews tells us, lift up your drooping hands. Don't be... Um, 
Don't give in to your weakness. And make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it many become defiled. When we have bitterness in our hearts, bitterness towards another person, unforgiveness, we are feeding our own appetites. And we're caring more about our own appetites than we are about God. What the Bible tells us about. If we have a brother or a sister, a fellow believer that's that's in, in our midst or, or elsewhere, but we're still holding some kind of bitterness that's that's feeding our own appetites instead of looking out for the interest of others. And then finally he says that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau. Now, Esau, we, we don't associate with sexual immorality, but yet, yet here Hebrews draws the two together. Again, just like Esau, uh, he valued feeding his own appetites and being able to get and satisfy his own uh, desire for, for feeding his own appetites. He desired that above the value of his birthright. And when someone is sexually immoral, they value feeding their own appetite more than they value holiness. More than they value sexual purity, integrity. Esau sold his birthright for a single meal. And then it says, afterward, when he desired the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Now, I don't think Esau was trying to repent. He wanted the, he was seeking the blessing. He, he couldn't get the blessing. Even though he sought the blessing with tears. Because he wasn't sorry for what he did. He was sorry he missed out on his blessing. When we follow our own appetites, instead of valuing and treasuring holiness and what God wants for us, we act like Esau. Now, it's the truth of the text. We have to deal with that. We have to realize that it can, it can, it can take many different forms when we try to feed our own appetites. It can be sexually immorality. It can be holding on to a grudge. It can be uh, all kinds of, of things. When we value our own interests, our own appetites over those of the Lord, we act like Esau. I want to turn around here. Because it, the story doesn't end with Jacob and Esau there at that moment. Um, we know Jacob, in another chapter later, doesn't just uh, get the birthright, but he steals the blessing as well. And, and he runs from his brother and... 
he, he goes to the land where he meets his two wives, and we can talk about that later when we get to him. Comes back later to the land with twelve sons of his own and reconciles with his brother. He reconciles with his brother, but Jacob is the one who was carrying that messianic seed that we always need to keep in the background. Jacob is the one who's carrying that. And he came back along with 12 sons, one of those being Judah. And by the end of the book of uh, Genesis, we see a prophecy that says that the scepter will not depart from Judah. It's, it's there in, in the foreground that we they're expecting this Messiah is going to come from one of Jacob's sons, Judah. And we know that that, that line continues. It, it, they go down into Egypt and they come out of Egypt and they go into the promised land and then a king rises, David. And then years and years of a dynasty of kings and David's line comes until the Babylonian exile and they come back from Exile, and we come up, pick up with Matthew and the, this descendant of Jacob, this descendant of Judah. And we read about his born in Bethlehem, and he is the one who pro provides forgiveness for us. We we cannot have holiness on our own. It says, "Without holiness, no one shall see the Lord." But we don't get that holiness on our own. We can only have that holiness when we have been washed in the blood. And Jesus sees us as when, when the Father looks at us and sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So our only hope, in the midst of this, we are warned, don't be like Esau. But when we do, Look to the Savior, Jesus. The one who was is in this story all the way along from Genesis to the book of Revelation. Jesus, the one who came and died and rose again so that we could have life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace for us. We thank you, uh, Lord, for even the warning. listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.